folks. And a very warm welcome to Worship with Paisley St George's, whether you are here in the sanctuary or at home online, in Paisley or further afield. No matter where we are, we have gathered in the presence of God to worship him. The intimations are in the order of service. A hearing aid was found in the path outside the church, inside the church grounds at the end of worship last Sunday. So if you think it's yours, or if you know it's yours, please speak to myself or one of the session clerk teams because we know where it is. Church keys, would anyone who's a set of keys for any building that they're no longer entitled to, would they please return them to one of the session clerks, in other words, Hamish, Muriel or Stephen, by next Sunday. Next Sunday, worship will be led by the Reverend Esther Ninian. And a date for your diaries, ladies, from Stuart. After being asked on several occasions, the men's breakfast will hold a ladies' breakfast on Saturday the 27th of August. So it's a wee while away. The details of the time, cost and menu will follow. But if you are so desiring, put the date in your diary. I have two, the times and dates of two funerals to intimate to you. The funeral of the late Sheila Pearson will take place on Tuesday the 12th of July at 10am at Lady Lane and thereafter at Hawkhead Cemetery. And the funeral of the late Elner Carr will take place on Friday the 22nd of July at 1.30pm at Woodside Crematorium. And I'd ask that you please keep Sheila and Elner's families in your prayers. These are all the intimations. Brothers and sisters, all are welcome in this place, at home, wherever. Each child is born of God, loved and cared for. We are called to love each child as God loves. We are called to bring our hearts and souls and allow God to love us so that we might love in return. Come then, brothers and sisters, together let us worship our wonderful God by standing, if able, to sing hymn 124, not 121, my, I blame my fingers, hymn 124, praise to the Lord the Almighty, hymn number 124.
psalmist said, to you, O God, we offer our prayers. In you, O God, we trust. Let us trust in God and offer him our prayers. Let's pray. O Lord, you are our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Joseph, the God of Miriam, Ruth and Mary, the God of Moses, the God of the prophets and psalmists, the God of priests, Levites and Samaritans, the God of disciples and apostles, the God of Jews and Gentiles, the God of the good, the bad and the ugly. O Lord, you are our God and your promises to us are immense, beyond our imagining, beyond what we deserve. You are our God and we adore you for all you are and for all your ways and for all your love this day and every day. For you are our God, you are our creator, our father, our mother. You are Jesus Christ, our redeemer. You are the Holy Spirit, our comforter, our strength, our sustainer. You God are all powerful, all knowing. You are gracious and loving and you have blessed us beyond belief. And yet, Lord, we don't always get it. We don't get your love and your grace. And so for the times when we have tried to trap you, forgive us. For times when we have seen a need but walked on by, God, forgive us. For times when we felt too important to get involved, forgive us. For times when we have been in too much of a rush, God, forgive us. For times when we have simply ignored a need, forgive us. For times when we have not done what is right, forgive us. For times when we have acted cruelly or unjustly, God, forgive us. Lord, we thank you that through your love, your generosity, your grace, our sins are forgiven. And hear us now as we pray together using the words Jesus taught his friends and followers, praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever amen well i thought we might try a quiz this morning okay so i think it's fairly straightforward somebody's laughing there okay well, we'll start off with what side of the road do they drive on in France? The right-hand side. Okay. The first 10 amendments to the US Constitution are known as the Bill of Rights. What was the surname of the brothers who invented the first aeroplane? Right. The person who's destined to be your life partner is sometimes called Mr. Right. Okay. 
gets a bit harder now. The fourth track on the David Bowie album, Young Americans, is called what? Did I hear someone? Right, just right. Okay, nowadays Microsoft Windows Word Processor is called Word. Before that there was WordPad, but originally it was called Microsoft. Right, okay. What side of the road do they drive on in North Korea? Right. Okay, the title character in the Ace Attorney video game series, I've no idea what that is. Originally on Nintendo, I do know what that is, but now on lots of platforms it's called Phoenix. Mm-hmm. The, the color blue is associated with which wing of UK politics? Right. Dexterous means skillful. Comes from the Latin word meaning? Right. An event in your life which is seen to initiate you into a phase of growing up is known as a of passage, right, of passage. And the colour blue is associated with which wing of US politics? No. <laughs> it's the left, the Democrats. So, all the questions except one have or appear to have the answer right. I think the last one caught most of us out because we got into the way of going right. So sometimes we think we know the right answer without thinking it through carefully and sometimes that trips us up. You may well know this story but just let me share it with you and I need you to think very hard about this. You are driving the X23 bus from Erskine to Glasgow. Now, at the end of this, I am going to ask you a question. So listen very carefully. So you're driving the X23 bus from Erskine to Glasgow. At the first stop, 20 people get on. At the next, two people get on. At the third stop, a mum and her son get off and five more folk get on. At the next stop, another 10 people get on, and when it gets to Renfrew Cross, five get off. What colour are the driver's eyes? <laughs> well done, well done, why? You've heard, you're driving the bus, yes. Because if you remember at the beginning, you're driving the bus. So what colour are your eyes? Ah, okay. So, this morning's scripture passage, we're going to hear of a man asking a question of Jesus, perhaps like that, trying to catch him out. But before that, we're going to sing of God's love in a, a song that apparently I was told not to sing again because it causes problems. I can't remember the tune. I think last time we maybe sung it unaccompanied, but today we're sorted. We're going to sing from St. George's Praise number 34, God's love is the best love. And is it to the Flintstones tune? Yeah, uh-huh. So it's the Flintstones tune. God's love is the best love. And we'll sing it through twice.
this morning will be read for us by Moira. Scripture reading today comes from Luke 10, the parable of the Good Samaritan. A teacher of the law came up and tried to trap Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to receive eternal life? Jesus answered him, what do the scriptures say? How do you interpret them? The man answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbour as you love yourself. You are right, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But the teacher of the law wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbour? Jesus answered, there was once a man who was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when robbers attacked him, stripped him and beat him up, leaving him half dead. It so happened that a priest was going down that road, but when he saw the man, he walked on by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite also came along, went over and looked at the man, and then walked on by on the other side. But a Samaritan who was travelling that way came upon the man, and when he saw him, his heart was filled with pity. He went over to him, poured oil and wine on his wounds, and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own animal and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he gave out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Take care of him, he told the innkeeper, and when I come back this way I will pay you whatever else you spend in him. And Jesus concluded, in your opinion, which one of these three acted like a neighbour towards the man attacked by the robbers? The teacher of the law answered, the one who was kind to him. Jesus replied, you go then and do the same. Thank you, Moira. I thought at this point, if the children had been here, we would have done some actions, but then we've all agreed that we're just big children, so we'll do them anyway. So, if I say the word heart, point to your heart. Okay? Soul, I would have asked the children to crouch down, but we can't do that in our seats, so let's just do that for soul. Okay? Strength, that's easy. Mind, that should be fairly straightforward. Neighbour, you can pretend or actually link arms if you want with the person next to you, elbow bump. Yourself, if the children had been here, they'd ask them to turn round in the spot, but we'll just point to ourselves. Okay, so, are we ready? Okay, heart. Soul, that was that one, wasn't it? Strength, uh, heart. Mind, neighbour, and I could get faster and faster, but I won't, I won't. But listen to this, for Jesus tells us that we need to love the Lord with our heart, soul, strength, mind, and love our neighbour as ourselves. Okay, and this we have to do with our whole bodies and beings. 
And we need to think about who are our neighbours. Who are our neighbours? And I'll leave that question with you because it would have been interesting to talk to the children and see what answers they would have given because children don't intellectualise in the same way as we do. But we can think, as we're going through this, who are our neighbours? But we can also think this morning about how much we love ourselves, how much we really respect ourselves and care for ourselves, because we are to love our neighbour as we love ourselves. And as somebody once said to me years ago, in many ways, you cannot love your neighbour unless you, if you like, love and respect yourself. If you don't like yourself, it's hard not to like someone else. A wee bit to maybe think about. We're going to sing again. We're going to sing again from St George's Praise, and it's number two, a new commandment that I give to you. And we'll sing this through twice as well. So from... gospel reading, the parable of the Good Samaritan, is an earthly story, if you like, with a heavenly meaning. This will be a parable that I suspect is familiar to many of us. It's a story that most of us will have heard since our childhood. And I suspect, too, that every time we hear this story, we aspire to be like the Good Samaritan. But let's take each character and in turn and just briefly put ourselves into their shoes. But earlier we had a wee bit of fun with the quiz, knowing the right answer. And in a way, I suppose I was trying to catch you out with the last question. And I wonder if this is what the smart lawyer was aiming to do when he asked Jesus the question, 
what must I do to gain eternal life? This lawyer, he was a teacher of the law, so he would know the answer. And indeed, when Jesus asks him, what do the scriptures say? He's able to answer correctly. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. But this lawyer, well, he wasn't going to let Jesus off the hook so easily. So he went on to ask Jesus, but who is my neighbor? And thus began this wonderful piece of teaching. It's a wonderful piece of teaching because the words which Jesus used were straightforward. The setting was one which would be familiar to the listeners, as would the characters. For Jesus is the ultimate teacher. He pitches his stories and his teaching at a perfect level. He doesn't use big words. He doesn't use things that are out with the ken of his listeners. He doesn't aim to go over folks' heads. He speaks to them in words and in language and with metaphors and similes, examples that they can understand. So, this parable is set on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho. And this is a notoriously dangerous road. Jerusalem is well above sea level. Jericho is down at the level of the Dead Sea, so well below sea level. In 20 miles, the road drops over 3,500 feet. And it was a road of narrow rock passages and of sudden turnings which made it perfect bandit country. Indeed, right up until the 1930s, it was a road that travellers were advised to avoid after dark. So Jesus' listeners would have been aware of the threats that would be posed to anyone making this journey. And maybe they even knew someone who had been beaten and robbed on that road. So then we come to what I suppose is the main character in a way, the traveller. And from what we've just heard of this road, it seems as if he was probably just a wee bit reckless, as people would not choose to travel this road on their own. So maybe we would say, well, it's all his own fault. He only had himself to blame. Why did he go down that road by himself? Why did he not travel with others? So there is the traveller, the man who was beaten up and left. And down the road, down the road comes first of all the priest. The priest who hurried on by, keeping as far away as possible. Now, I'm sure that the priest was remembering the law, the law which said that if you touched a dead body, you were unclean for seven days. So the priest may well have been afraid that this man was dead, and if he were to go up close to him and touch him to confirm this, then he would be ritually unclean for seven days and would be unable to take his turn of duty in the temple. The priest refused to take that risk. Now, I wonder if maybe we have a little more empathy for the priest after COVID and our anxieties about going here and there, especially in those weeks, the week leading up to a special event that you want to go to or a holiday, 
then we are and still are a bit more careful about what we do and where we go and who we go close to because we wouldn't want to have to self-isolate. And in a way, that's what would have happened to the priest if this man had been dead and he had touched him. Then, next along the road was the Levite. The Levite went a wee bit closer before continuing on his way. Perhaps the Levite was feared. Feared that this man was a decoy, a trap that he wasn't really hurt, that he'd been, or maybe he was really hurt and the bandits were still around that rock just over there. So the Levite went a bit closer and then scurried off down the road. Finally, along comes the Samaritan. And Willie Barclay suggests that Jesus may have used the word Samaritan to simply describe this man as a heretic, a rule breaker, the kind of person ordinary Orthodox good people despised. But the Samaritan, as we all know, the Samaritan was the only person prepared to help this poor, beaten up traveler. And he did the right thing. He didn't think about sticking to the rules or maybe the rules didn't apply to him. He didn't think about his own safety and he was generous with his money. And it seems as if the Samaritan must have been known to the innkeeper and known to be honest and trustworthy because the innkeeper trusted him to pay the bill when he returned. So Jesus' teaching is surely this, that we must be prepared to help others even when they've brought trouble upon themselves. We must be prepared to help everyone, folks who are like us, and folks who are very different to us. And finally, the help offered must be practical. It's not enough to simply feel sorry for someone or about a situation. Love needs actions, for we are to love our neighbor. And if we were asked to give examples of neighborliness, we would probably all be able to do so without too much trouble. Perhaps our minds will go back to earlier in the pandemic when we were told to stay at home. And there were so many stories of people shopping for strangers who were self-isolating or who were particularly vulnerable. Posties taking the time to ask, is everything okay? As they handed over the latest online order. Maybe we have stories of how generous the community has been to the local food bank or the appeal for the homeless shelter or whatever. But do we ever ask ourselves about our motives for doing or not doing something? In Jesus' parable, the priest and the Levite were both good men. They were both good men. They knew the law and they knew that godly people kept it. That's how you build and reinforce a godly community. Even though it sometimes means drawing a rather hard line around the community. So they did not help the man who'd been attacked, who needed help, the man who was different, the man who looked different, the man who was of different religion, the man who belonged a different culture, a man who was not part of their community. And our thoughts, we don't do that today. 
Now, if you're not saying that, you may be thinking of it. Off the top of your head, you probably can't think of any reason why a good, socially conscious Christian would not feel obliged to help an injured and dying man. We can't imagine ourselves being as rule-bound as apparently uncaring to the injured man as those two good Jewish men were. We can't imagine ourselves being put off because a person in desperate need is from another culture or another religion or looks different or speaks with a different accent or language. Or would we? Or would we? The question that the lawyer asked Jesus was, who is my neighbor? And Jesus' answer was to ask, who showed neighborliness? Go and do likewise. Our challenge is not to know who our neighbors are so we can help them. It is to ask ourselves, are we being good neighbors? Are we being good neighbors? Are we showing God's mercy to anyone and everyone who needs it? Surely the closing words of Jesus directed to the lawyer are directed to us today. You go then and do the same. You go then and do the same. So let us go and love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Amen. Having read the parable of the Good Samaritan, our next hymn is just, if you like, shouting out to be sung. It's hymn number 544, When I Needed a Neighbour, Were You There? <coughs> hymn 544. <coughs>
choir will now sing the anthem during which our offerings will be brought forward. of blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honour, power and strength be unto you, our God, forever and ever, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And we now have our prayers for others. Dear Lord, we bring to you those who are suffering, those who have lost their ways in this world. We pray for the many many teams that come together to care for them. We pray for our NHS, the police, fire service, as they carry out their duty to heal and keep us safe. We pray for the government that they will find a resolution to the turmoil of the past few days. We ask that you give the right words to their lips to enable them to move forward in a more fitting way. We ask a lot of you, Lord, as we pack our suitcase to enjoy holidays with family and friends, the joy it brings to us. We also pray for the people with one suitcase holding all their possessions as they run from abuse. We pray for the people of Ukraine also with one suitcase filled with all their worldly possessions as they flee from a war-torn country. Our prayers go out to our congregation Lord, will you send your hand of healing to those members who are suffering in many ways. 
We pray for the persecuted and their families. Our hopes are they find peace among people who view them as hostile. All this we bring to you with open hearts and minds. Amen. And our next hymn will be from the CH4, hymn 694, Brother, Sister, Let Me Serve You. Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, rest and remain with each one of you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore.
Thank you. 